Well, hey, welcome back to the Oasis Church Podcast. We're glad you're with us today. Hey, we're always inspired to hear how God is using this ministry from right here in Winchester, Virginia to change lives all around the world. And if you have a story to share, we'd love to hear it. Send us an email at amen at myoasischurch.org. Now, if you'd like to support this ministry financially so that we can continue to bring messages just like this one to you each and every single week, you can do so at myoasischurch.org slash give. Thank you so much for your generosity. You're truly making a difference. Now prepare your hearts to hear a word from God. Well, come on, somebody excited to be in church this morning. Come on, give it up for our worship team this morning. Didn't they do a wonderful job? Man, oh man. Uh, man, the, the, uh, be praying for our worship team. A lot of them, uh, it just seems like something's happening to every single one of them. Our drummer uh, hurt his back this past week saying he, he was a, a champ. He came in, he fell yesterday and uh, had a hard fall or the day before and uh, he, he came in and still uh, champed through it. Um, and, and Kyle, our bass player, he had heart surgery uh, a couple uh, days ago, so continue to be praying for him. But he's in the house this morning. He's recovering well, so that's good. So good to be here. Hey, if you're a teenager in middle school or high school, you can head out to the lobby area uh, for your time together today. Take your Bible. Don't forget it. Somebody said it. Well, it's so good to be with you this morning. My name's Jonathan. If we haven't had the opportunity to meet, I get to serve here with my wife as the lead pastors, and we're so glad that you decided to worship with us this morning. We hope that you felt loved and welcomed as soon as you came in this morning. Hey, I got a couple of announcements. Uh, baptisms are happening on November 6th here at Oasis, so if you're interested in going public with your faith, taking your next step in your faith, maybe you recently gave your life to Christ, you never got water baptized. Uh, this is your next step. Water baptisms will happen on November 6th, and uh, um, uh, Pastor Dwayne threw me off. <laughs> I was like, crap, I think I'm forgetting something. No, but uh, baptisms are going to happen. The school told us, you know, it might not be possible to have water inside, but we're going to figure it out. We're going to have baptisms here one way or another, uh, and Pastor Duane is already on top of it, so uh, that's going to be exciting. Uh, maybe you've been attending for a while and you've never went through our growth track uh, or step one. We uh, have a new experience that we're creating for you called Belong. It's going to happen in November. Maybe you've been attending Oasis for for quite some time, uh, you've never went through this, or maybe you're just wanting to know more about our church before you get involved, uh, Belong is going to be a, a great event. There, uh, It's going to be in November, so if you're interested in uh, that, you can sign up online. Uh, it'll be in person together. I'll be there. Pastor Duane will be there. My family will be there, and hopefully you will be as well. Amen? And the last announcement is we have a lot of outreach opportunities coming up. Uh, maybe uh, you've been a part of the outreach team before serving. Uh, if you go to our website, stay tuned. We'll be sending out an email soon. But there will be a lot of opportunities to volunteer and serve with different outreach partners that we've been talking to over the last couple of weeks. And we're super, super, super excited 
about that. Today, I'm starting a brand new series called Fear Not for the month of October. Um, I felt so strong in my spirit that we need to hear the truth about how we overcome fear. And I don't know about you, but I know that there are many of us that are uh, in this season of being afraid, um, even over the last couple of years. Um, and I get it. There are times that I have recently been afraid myself. Um, some of us are afraid of sickness. Some of us are afraid of finances, afraid of our circumstances. Uh, but with all circumstances, Satan is trying to take the advantage of so many of us right now and bringing on a spirit of fear. The devil wants us to feel hopeless. The devil wants us to feel like we can't trust God, like there is no future. And fear is leading to lies that we believe, causing so much with depression and anxiety. But Jesus, come on somebody, say, but Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, but Jesus. Look at your other neighbor and say, but Jesus. He wants to set us free. Amen. He wants to increase our faith and, and give us hope. And I hope that over the next couple of weeks, this series helps you with that. Raise your hand if you are afraid of snakes. <clears throat> the rest of you, I don't understand you. <laughs> Raise your hand if you're afraid of spiders. Anybody afraid of spiders? Uh, look at all the men raising their hand, right? <laughs> Listen, I'm afraid of them both. I am afraid of them both. In fact, one time uh, when me and my wife first got married, uh, there was a spider in the house. Um, and it was a small spider. I'll give it that. It was a small spider. But I'm petrified of, of spiders and snakes and uh, burn the house down if there's one in the house. I don't even want to go back in. Um, and uh, I'll never forget. Uh, now I have another story to tell. It just came to my mind. There was a time where there was a spider that I couldn't find. All the kids were like, there's a spider. But then I couldn't find it. And I was like, oh, heck no. This thing is in here somewhere. But I remember my wife yelling for me one time. And uh, she's like screaming bloody murder. And I come running. I'm like, what is it? And she's like on top of the bed. You know, there's a spider and I jumped on top of the bed too. I was like, don't be telling me that. She's like, come on, you're supposed to be the man of the house. We just got married. This is what you're going to do. I was like, you're darn right. You're going to have to get that spider out of here because I'm not doing it. Um, in fact, uh, there's many fears in our world today. There's a lot of things that people are afraid of. Some of these just blew my mind when I was researching them. Uh, I could not believe that uh, people were afraid of them. And these are some of the most common fears. These are words that I'm not going to be able to say correctly. So if you know what the word is, forgive me. Uh, but one is pathophobia, the fear of disease, the fear of disease, fear of, uh, of having some type of disease. One is monophobia, fear of being alone being lonely, uh, glassophobia, uh, which is actually the fear of public speaking, fear of public speaking. When I was in college, I had to take a public speaking course. I don't know why they make pastors take a public speaking course, but they do. And uh, I, it was my freshman year in college, and I remember uh, getting my notes ready, and it was on nothing to do with theology whatsoever, uh, just some, I don't even remember what I said. I was speaking on something about Apple. It had to be some type of tech-related uh, speech, and, and I remember standing up, and I just stood there and shook the entire time as I was delivering the speech, and I didn't ever look up at all. There was not one point I took my eyes off of my completely spelled out paper. Another one is algophobia, and that's the fear of pain. And uh, there are even, uh, some of you uh, may not even know that I recently uh, learned about this one. This is funny. It's uh, pentophobia, which is the fear of your mother-in-law. Anybody have a fear of their mother-in-law? I 
see it. I see it. Um, and here's, here's a, now, uh, the logophobia is a fear of words. You, you don't like words at all. And then uh, if you don't like words, you really won't like this one. It's hippotomodoa strosquipiotiliodophia. And it's the fear of long words. <laughs> Man, I should have put that one on the screen because it literally goes all the way across my iPad. Uh, there are actually about 4,000 phobias that have been documented, and the funniest one um, is actually one, I can't even say the name of it, but it's the fear of peanut butter being stuck to the roof of your mouth. Uh, that's a legitimate fear. I remember when I was young, I would eat bologna and cheese sandwiches. You remember bologna and cheese? You can just feel, just thinking about it, you can feel it getting stuck to the top of your mouth. The funny thing is that these are funny, but it's also very, very serious. Fear is a very real thing. Fear is a very serious thing, and it can have very profound effects on your life. One of the things that it can affect is your mind. It consumes your mind. And uh, uh, it's, uh, it's weird. We moved the TV over here, so I just realized that doesn't work for me. <laughs> um, but studies show that 95% of our fears are actually baseless. Mark Twain actually said, I've been through some terrible times in my life, a few of which actually happened. A few of which actually happened. Let me give you an example. Uh, anybody afraid of sharks? Raise your hand if you're afraid of sharks. How many of you have actually went swimming with sharks before? <laughs> One, two people, really? <laughs> That's a story I'm going to have to hear. Uh, uh, the, the funny thing is we might be afraid of sharks, but did you know that barnyard pigs kill more people every year than sharks do? Pretty crazy. The truth is most of the things that we fear will never actually happen to us. They are baseless. However, they consume our minds. Psalm 13, 2 says, how long? Must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Some here would say today that this verse describes you. Some of you this morning would say, this describes me completely. And that means this message in this series is for you today. Another thing that it does is it clouds your judgment. Fear clouds your judgment. Have you ever seen a sign uh, uh, walking by a house that says, beware of dog, and then like a little chihuahua comes out? And you're second-guessing yourself the whole time. Is that the dog I'm supposed to be scared of? Or is there another dog, right? Uh, the truth is uh, the, the little chihuahua didn't scare anybody away, but the sign did, right? The sign actually kept people away. Um, the, 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 the fear, fear is like a, a warning sign just like that. Fear is like a, a warning sign that makes us afraid of a dog that can't even hurt us. The third thing it does is it controls our life. It controls our life. This is where fear actually begins to affect our bodies. We, we suddenly can't sleep anymore. We, we start having headaches about things. We, we have high blood pressure. Uh, listen to Jeremiah uh, with his fear in Jeremiah 6.24. It says, we have heard reports about them and our hands hang limp. Anguish has gripped us, pain like that of women in labor. It's a delibitating emotion. It's interest paid on a debt that you never owed. It undermines our faith. But I'm here to tell you not to fear today because, read this with me in 2 Timothy chapter 1, for God has not given us a spirit of fear but of 
power, love, and a sound mind. Amen? My, uh, yeah, come on. My shoe got stuck. It's like driving me nuts. In 2 Kings, we see an incredible story with the prophet Elisha and his servant. You can turn your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 6 if you have them with you this morning. Um, it is one of 47 verses I'm going to be reading to you, so this is the only one I'm going to make you actually turn to. <laughs> All of them will be on the screen, though. Uh, but Elisha had performed so many miracles in the Bible, and his servant observed it. Oh, we see a moment in time where God wanted to show the servant what he could do for him. This is an enemy of Israel. The king's name was Aram. But every time this king would try and defeat Israel, which was God's people, God would reveal the plan to Elisha, and he would pass the information along. So Israel was always one step ahead. The king didn't like this and finally figured out what Elisha had been doing. So instead of attacking Israel, he decides he's going to attack Elisha. And they were in a remote town called Dothan. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 14, we'll pick up. Then he, speaking of the Amer uh, Ar 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 Armenian king, sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When, when the servant of the man of God, speaking of Elisha here, got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, no, my Lord, what shall we do, the servant asked. The servant sees what is surrounding them, and what he saw with his eyes brought on fear. An oh no moment. I wonder if you've ever had any oh no moments. Anybody ever have an oh no moment? Suddenly the reality of what we see, what we feel, begins to grip our heart. It begins to take us captive. We turn on the news. We get a phone call. We have a doctor tell us something that we didn't want to hear. And suddenly it's holding us back and creating anxiety. Our mind begins to flood with what ifs. And then in verse 16, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened his servant eye, the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Come on, somebody. John Holland's excited in the back. <laughs> so how do we overcome our fears? I'm going to give you... Three points today that if you believe in Jesus, you love Jesus, and you like me, you'll take notes and write these down because I can't remember the type of mustard my wife wants to buy for the ham every year. So I know you need to write these down, especially if you're a man. And the first one is admit your fears. Admit your fears. Make a list. Recognize the fears and start staring the fears back in the face. Elisha says, don't be afraid. Instead of focusing on the circumstance that was at hand, Elisha says to his servant, we are not going to be able to face this circumstance if you're afraid. It's a spirit of fear. Now, there's things that we can be afraid of. We can be um, uh, uh, fearful of, of many things, but then there's a thing called a spirit of fear, right? Spirit of fear. Behind every fear, there is a source and we need to confess those to God. So how does this happen? And we do that through two things. It's very simple. And the first one is through prayer, developing a consistent prayer life in our lives. Every single day, praying to God. Some of us can just start with praying once a week. But if we develop a consistent prayer life, 
then we can begin to confess those to God. The second one is surrounding yourself with biblical community. That's why small groups are so important here at Oasis Church. That's why we believe in small groups because life is too hard to do alone. And that's why we surround ourselves with community that will hold us accountable. The second thing that we do to overcome our fears is convert our fears into faith. Convert our fears into faith. The hero in every story and the coward in every story have the same fears. The hero in every story and the coward in every story have the same fears. The only difference is that the hero converts the fears into faith. In every situation, both fear and faith will rise up inside of you. But you have to decide which one is going to take heart. You have to decide which one you're going to feed into. Elisha knew that God was with him. In a moment where the enemy was present, he dug deep into his faith and said, I know that my God is with me. I've seen my God to perform too many miracles. I know that my God is greater than anything I'm about to face. And I believe some of us in here this morning need to hear that same thing, that God is for us. He's not against us. He is with us forever and always. With us forever and always, he is for you. So I'm not afraid of anything that comes my way. I'm not afraid of the layoff that comes my way. I'm not afraid of the medical diagnosis. I'm not afraid of whatever comes my way. The one you feed will dominate your life. And you have to decide, is it going to be faith that you feed or is it going to be fear that you feed? And if you focus on your faith, if you feed on your faith, you must know that fear can be overcome. Fear can be overcome because fear is a state of mind. Fear is something that happens in your mind. And as Christians, we renew our mind daily. We renew our mind daily through prayer, through worship, through reading the word of God. The enemy was standing strong with horses and chariots. But now the servant could see with spiritual eyes that the God of angels, the God of angels, the armies of angels have shown up and God delivered them. The story concludes by the enemy getting closer and Elisha prays that God would strike all of the army with blindness and God does it. Elisha walks up to the blind, the blind enemy. They don't even realize it's Elisha and he leads them out of Dothan straight into the hands of the king of Israel. Great news for us today. Just like Elisha, just like Elisha and the servant, every time that we overcome fear, the enemy realizes that he can't win. Amen? Every time that we overcome our fears, the enemy realizes that he doesn't have any control over your life, and he will begin to back off. The third thing that we do to overcome our fears is we focus on today. We focus on today. Here's the devil's goal, to get you to focus on the wrong day. The devil's goal wants you to focus on the wrong day. Yesterday and tomorrow will always try to get all of the attention. Yesterday and tomorrow will always try to get the attention. I want you to think about that for a moment. Yesterday wants you to second guess everything. Yesterday wants you to second guess everything. And tomorrow wants you to miss the opportunities that are right in front of you. One of the most common fears in our world today is fear of rejection. What do people think about me? What do people think about me? I would say that a lot of us probably struggle with that fear. 
What do people think about me? Proverbs 29 verse 25 says, Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. A lot of us have made bad decisions because of the fear of rejection. A lot of us have made bad decisions because of the fear of rejection. In fact, I have a story to tell you. My son Elijah, uh, this past week, um, was in school, and somebody had made a comment about him that wasn't true, and he said it to, to everybody in the locker room, and he actually um, said that Elijah was a racist. This wasn't true. Elijah never said anything like that, um, and uh, he, he, he didn't make any joke at all. This kid just wanted to say something to be cool in front of the other kids. We later found out that the kid admitted this, that Elijah was telling the truth, that he actually didn't say anything at all. And um, the kid just wanted to say something to be cool in front of all the older kids. This caused Elijah to get beat up in the locker room. Yeah. Fear of rejection will make us make bad decisions. Elijah got slammed up against the lockers, and about eight kids were trying to beat him up. And uh, the kids got suspended. <laughs> um, and... Uh, the, the kids that beat him up didn't even hear anything. They just heard that somebody said that. And after school, Elijah, my amazing 12-year-old little boy, decides that he's going to grow a pair <laughs> and say something. And I thought, boy, you deserved it that time. <laughs> he, after school, he came, uh, he came out and he's like, ha-ha, I got away, right? And then the boys started chasing him after school. Um, Anyways, uh, they, they were all made aware that obviously Elijah didn't say anything of sorts, and the kid admitted to s just trying to be cool. The kid just wanted to say something to seem like he could fit in and, and be the cool guy. The fear of rejection will make us make bad decisions. And even as adults, we will spend our life trying to impress people. We'll spend our life trying to impress friends. We'll, we'll, we'll spend our life trying to impress our parents with the car we drive, the house we live in, the job we have, or as Christians, this one happens out, how much scripture I know, how many Bible stories I've memorized. Remember this, that when you spend your life trying to impress people, it will destroy you. When you spend your life trying to impress anybody but God, it will destroy you. We just finished a series about Saul last week. Anybody enjoy the Donkey Mission sermon series? Two people, praise God. Gonna have to come up with some better sermon series. First Samuel fifteen twenty four. Uh, we just finished a series, and uh, he actually had a fear himself, Saul, of needing to be accepted, and it eventually destroyed him. First Samuel fifteen twenty four says, "I have sinned. I violated the Lord's command. I was afraid of the people, and so I gave into them." I violated the Lord's command. I was afraid of the people, so I gave into, into them. Some of you have been rejected. Some of you have built a wall around your heart. And that fear has made you unable to love and unable to be loved. Fear of man has destroyed you. And you've said things like this. I won't ever let them do that to me again. They'll never do that to me again. You've built a wall 
around your heart. Proverbs 28, 14 says, Blessed is the man who always fears the Lord, but he who hardens his heart falls into trouble. It's time for us to start saying no to pleasing people and start saying yes to pleasing God. Amen. It's time for us to start saying no to pleasing people. Every single day, we will have the opportunity to please people. Trust me. Every single day, you're going to have to make a conscious decision on who you're going to please. Are you going to please God or are you going to please people? Am I going to please people? Because if you do, it's a trap and it will destroy you. Galatians 1.10 says, am I now trying to win the approval of man or if, uh, of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I will, if I, I can't talk. If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. We're living for an audience of one. Anybody living for an audience of one? Anybody know who you're pleasing this morning? Nobody at all? John 5.30 says, but my, by myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but he who sent me. Why was Jesus so successful? And the worship team can actually come back up. Why was Jesus so successful? Why was Jesus so successful? Because he was serving an audience of one. I remember whenever I was in school, um, uh, uh, I actually got beat up in school, too, when I was in sixth grade, except I said something stupid, <laughs> for real, <laughs> and shouldn't have said it. But I remember in school, um, uh, anybody remember getting a hall pass? Remember when you had to get a hall pass to travel travel around? Man, that hall pass made you feel, like, invincible, didn't it? Like, you were bad because you were walking around the school when everybody's supposed to be in class. You got the hall pass, and, you know, Mr. Van Syke, the principal, would come up and be like, Jonathan, what are you doing in the hallway? I got a hall pass, right? Like, anybody remember getting a hall pass and just skipping class to do God knows only what? It was a glorious thing, confident and secure. You were flying it to all your friends as you walk through the hallways. And if you had a nice teacher, you had one who would give you a couple extra hall passes just in case. I had a teacher like that. Um, but uh, it, it doesn't matter what you think, right? I got a hall pass. We as Christians have a hall pass ourselves. And I know it's a corny uh, um, uh, relation, but it's called the Bible. Amen. We have a hall pass called the Bible. It's not subject to anybody else's judgment because we are accepted. We only need to please him. Free from judgment of men. And as I close today, I want to remind you of some scriptures, some things that the Bible says to give you confidence and to make you secure. Deuteronomy 20, verses 3 and 4 says, Do not be faint-hearted or afraid. Do not be terrified or give way to panic before them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. Romans 8, 28. 31 says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Psalm 27, 
Verse 1 through 4, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besage me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. Some of us need to remember that God is always on our side. That we need to start seeing our situations through the eyes of faith. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. John 16, 33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Come on, somebody, stand to your feet. <clears throat> I want to challenge you today. Maybe you're here this morning and you've been living and fear, living with a spirit of fear. God wants to free you. God wants to free you. For he has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. But of power, love, and a sound mind. But of power, love, and a sound mind. Through the Holy Spirit, we can pray in power to break off the spirit of fear. Through the Father's love, we can receive his love because he is a good father and he has good plans for us. He loves me and he loves you. He loves your spouse. He loves your kids. He loves every single person. He wants to give you good gifts. And with a sound mind, we can renew our mind by taking every lying thought captive. Would you bow your heads with me? I want to pray for you this morning. Father, we thank you for your presence here this morning. Father, we thank you that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And we cast out any type of depression and anxiety this morning. We cast out any fear. We take captive of our thoughts this morning. We ask that you be with us and help us each day through the renewing of our mind. Maybe you're here this morning and you haven't given your life to Christ. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart that Jesus died and that he rose again and you confess that with your mouth that you shall be saved. Maybe you're here this morning and that's you and you don't even know where to start with overcoming fear. I would say your first step is to place your faith and a name above every name, a name above every fear, a name above every depression, a name above any anxiety. His name is Jesus. So as a church family, we're going to pray a prayer out loud for the benefit of those who may be saying this prayer for the first time. Repeat after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe that you died, that you rose again. Come into my life. Make me a new creation. Help me follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.
with heads still bowed and eyes still closed. If you just prayed that prayer, will you just slip up your hand really quick? We have a free gift that we want to give you. Come on, church. Can we celebrate with anybody who gave their lives to Jesus this morning? If you just said that prayer online, you can click the link right in the comments below, and our team will follow up with you. Come on, church. We're going to continue to sing about the name of Jesus.